it's Wednesday, February the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russia undercuts France and McConnell criticises RNC. First, the world in brief. The Kremlin rejected Emmanuel Macron's assertion that the French president had secured a pledge from his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, to defuse the crisis with Ukraine. Quote, In the current situation, Moscow and Paris could not make a deal, said a spokesman. France is not leading NATO, he added, implying that Mr Macron lacks the standing to avert any conflict, despite his best efforts. Mitch McConnell, the highest-ranking Republican in America's Senate, criticised the Republican National Committee for censoring two lawmakers over their role in the investigation into the Capitol riot. The events of January 6, 2021, he said, marked a, quote, violent insurrection. Days earlier, the party had called them, quote, legitimate political discourse. Mr McConnell said it was, quote, not the job of the RNC to single out individual lawmakers. Authorities in America arrested two alleged crypto thieves and seized Bitcoin worth $3.6 billion that was stolen from the cryptocurrency exchange Bitfinex in 2016. It was a record recovery of looted Bitcoin and evidence, said federal prosecutors, that they can, quote, follow the digital trail. Ilya Liechtenstein and Heather Morgan were charged with conspiracy to commit money laundering and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine proved to be a boon, not only for the world's health, but also the firm's bottom line. The American drug maker said it produced 3 billion doses of its jab in 2021, helping to push its revenues to $81.3 billion, up 92% on the previous year. More than half its revenue came from its vaccines. Net income was $22 billion for the year. John Foley, the co-founder of Peloton, stepped down as its CEO as the home exercise firm announced plans to slash 2,800 jobs and scale back its operations. The company said it had expanded too quickly and growth had slowed with the end of COVID lockdowns. Peloton's share price jumped by 25% after the announcement. Peru's Marxist president, Pedro Castillo, picked a new prime minister and swore in yet another cabinet, the country's fourth in six months, as he tried to steady his careening administration. Anibal Torres, formerly the Justice Secretary, was chosen to replace Hector Valère. Mr Valère had lasted just four days before resigning, following allegations of domestic violence, which he denies. BP, a British oil supermajor, reported a profit of $12.8 billion in 2021, its biggest annual profit in eight years. Rocketing prices have turned oil firms into cash machines this year. Chevron, ExxonMobil and Shell all hit record highs. But as household energy bills in Britain soar, calls for the government to impose a windfall tax on fossil fuel companies are growing. And fact of the day. 10 kilometres the length of shelving in Britain's parliamentary archive. Thousands of Acts of Parliament are now being moved. (music) 
And now, here's today's agenda. Mapping the margins of American democracy. America redraws the maps used to elect members of Congress and state legislators every 10 years. Because Republicans have recently controlled more state governments than Democrats, they have been able to draw those maps in their favour. But this year, as states redraw congressional lines in accordance with the 2020 census, Democrats will make up some ground. They are getting more aggressive at gerrymandering and have benefited from redistricting reforms. Despite a Supreme Court decision on Tuesday to preserve Alabama's new map, which its critics claim is racially biased, court decisions have also often gone their way. Yet despite these gains, the national map is likely to retain its decade-long bias against the Democrats. Even if it narrows and seats are more evenly distributed, that does not mean that the arrangements are fair. In America, too many politicians get to choose their voters, rather than the other way around. Ultimately, it is democracy that loses. The Dirty Secret Fueling Private Equity Returns In the last two weeks, BP, Chevron, ExxonMobil and Shell reported over $70 billion in combined annual net profits. Total Energies, another huge Western oil company, is expected to announce bumper profits on Thursday. These results reflect high oil prices. But majors are pocketing returns from the $44 billion of mostly fossil fuel assets they have divested since 2018, under pressure from green-minded activists and regulators. Many such assets end up in the portfolios of private equity funds. In the past two years, they have bought $60 billion worth of oil, gas and coal assets, a third more than they invested in renewables. Specialist oil funds are no longer fashionable. Canny asset managers lump fossil fuels into generalist funds or buy pipelines, which carry less of a stigma than oil wells. That sits uncomfortably with many of these funds' investors. Almost 1,500 representing $39 trillion in assets, have promised to divest from fossil fuels. But the juicy returns from dirty assets seem too good to quit. Disney's streaming update The world's biggest media company will release two hotly anticipated titles on February 9th. Disney Plus subscribers are looking forward to the final episode of the Book of Boba Fett, the firm's latest Star Wars spin-off. Investors, meanwhile, await Disney's quarterly earnings with some trepidation. All eyes are on Disney+. It smashed its targets in 2020 when lockdowns kept audiences indoors. The last year, subscriber growth slowed. The pandemic's disruption to filming caused a content drought and vaccinated audiences ventured back outside. Last month, Netflix, the leading streamer, said it expected its worst first quarter results in 12 years. Its share price dropped by a third. Investors in Disney, whose stock has already fallen by more than a quarter in the past 12 months, are desperate for better news. The firm's boss, Bob Chapek, has one year left on his contract. He'll hope that the force is with him. 
Masks buoyant results. The global supply chain crunch has emptied shelves and clogged ports. But it's an ill wind that blows nobody any good. Shipping companies' profits have ballooned. Maersk, a Danish firm, was the world's biggest shipping company until recently. It was pushed astern of Switzerland's Mediterranean shipping company. Covid-induced demand for goods from lockdown consumers has benefited the industry. Maersk's full-year results, announced on Wednesday, will doubtless confirm a preliminary figure unveiled in January of an operating profit close to $20 billion in 2021. In 2019, that amount was $1.7 billion. Investors will have plenty to be happy about in 2022. The industry's good fortune is likely to endure. There is little sign of relief, at least in the first half of the year, for customers who regard elevated shipping costs as akin to piracy on the high seas. Inventing Anna tells the story of a trickster. A Russian immigrant poses as a German heiress. She spends lavishly on restaurants, holidays and private jets. She forges bank documents. She brags about the $40 million private members club she plans to open. It is a fantastic story, and true. The fraud eventually came back to haunt Anna Delvey, whose real name is Anna Sorokin. She was arrested in 2017, sentenced to prison in 2019, and released last year. Jessica Pressler's write-up of the scam was one of New York Magazine's most read pieces in 2018, and Netflix acquired the rights to it that year. The resulting television series, Inventing Anna, is released on Friday. It is likely to be a hit. Viewers cannot get enough of con artists, as evidenced by the recent success of The Tinder Swindler, The Puppet Master, and Lords of the Scam. And next month, The Dropout, the first screen production inspired by the saga of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, is due to be released. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Herbert Simon, who died on this day in 2001. Anything that gives us new knowledge gives us an opportunity to be more rational. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 